Hey guys, welcome back to Uncut. Thank you so much for listening, supporting, and you know, just like tuning in as we share these stories of Hawaii's local creators, entrepreneurs, and change makers. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun. We leave here like completely just filled up and inspired and motivated. So we hope that it's doing the same for you. Um, today, we have an amazing guest, mm-hmm. Gabe May. He's a longtime friend of mine. I've known him for over 10 years. Um, he is the founder of Hawaii VA Loans, and he also started several nonprofits. Um, he's just an amazing person and a great leader, mentor, entrepreneur. And he's here to talk about starting a nonprofit or getting involved in a nonprofit as our nonprofit expert. Nice. Yeah. And it's also amazing to hear, you know, his story as a local boy growing up here, moving away to play sports and then coming back to give back to the community. So, yeah, we hope you like it. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us today. Right on. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We've known each other for so many years now. Yeah, we met like we talked uh, like a little in passing, but you know, it's it's gonna be nice to just hear your story and get to know you more. For sure, let's do it. Yeah. So tell us about getting into your first nonprofit. So we have you talking mm. about your experiences running a nonprofit, starting a nonprofit, starting a second and a third nonprofit. Um, I think that's a topic that people, especially I think after COVID, after the pandemic, have been thinking about things that they care about and causes they want to support. Um, and I always think about you because you you started Rise High that I was involved with or am involved with. Um, but you even started before Rise High. So tell us of like your journey to the first nonprofit. Yeah, I'm going I'm to preface this with sometimes being naive is actually really helpful mm-hmm. because you don't realize, you know, how much <laughs> work it is sometimes. And, and that's kind of my journey is you know, it's better not to know how much is involved and just do the work. And so the first nonprofit we started, so let me, let me back up. So my company is whole EV loans, mm-hmm. right? We help veterans become homeowners. And at the time, this was uh, 2011, 2012, I got really into um, CrossFit. And you guys know CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and for me, it was like after playing sports and stuff, what was going to fill my cup in terms of um you know, fitness and, you know, getting out there and and all that stuff health wise. And so I got fully involved in CrossFit and it kind of, it kind of um, mirrored to what we're doing with, with my company, Hawaii V Loan. So what I was realizing was there was at the time there was like eight CrossFits in Hawaii. Now there's like 40, 50, right? Yeah. And, but they're all doing their different thing. And for me, it was like, man, we should kind of just get this, get them all together and have one competition and raise money for charity. And so, um, we started this event that eventually turned into the Hawaii VA Games, and I wanted to figure out, okay, I wanted to do it for, you know, for charity and raise mm-hmm. money for charity. And, of course, I didn't know anything about ra- starting a nonprofit, uh-huh, okay? Uh-huh. So uh, I wanna, I'm going to tell you some so of the So it's just like a great yeah, yeah, idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I mean, we should just start vision. a nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, okay, I, mean, we, I know naive. people do it, yeah. okay, just do it. And so um, we created this event, and... Uh, we're raising money for charity, and um, this was uh, flash forward. We ended up having an event at the Blaisdell Arena, which is like pretty big. Huge. Like, we grew up yeah, going Hawaii, to yeah. going to events, events at Blaisdell Arena, and now we're actually holding this event. And at the time, we we're going to raise like twenty, thirty thousand dollars for charity and have this competition. At that time, CrossFit grew to like there was like thirty CrossFit, so there's people from all over the state coming over, mm-hmm. and um, you know. When filing the paperwork for a nonprofit, everyone 
pretty familiar with you got to get 501c3 status right mm-hmm. which is means you're tax exempt from the federal government from having to pay um you know federal income tax okay so i created the entity um i i got the 501 uh, c3 status which is a big like you who were, were there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking everything is cool and about a week before our competition i'm i'm getting a letter from the attorney general okay oh, wow. Um, that's not good. The state yeah. attorney general, uh-huh. and basically telling me like cease and desist, like you cannot hold this event. Oh, what? And I'm like, what? What are you talking <laughs> about? I got my 501c3 status. Everything's fine. And what had happened was, is when you're a nonprofit and you're actually um, soliciting donations from you know from different entities, I didn't realize you also have to file as a charitable organization with the state. You know, I'm mm. thinking oh, yeah, federal. I, I did everything yeah. federally. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you have to officially register as a charitable organization for the state. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I'm scrambling for it. And I finally actually got to talk to the attorney general, assistant attorney general. I'm like, hey, this is all legit. Like, you know, this is what we're uh-huh. trying to do. We're actually raising a bunch of money for local charities. And he was super cool about it. He's okay, you got to fill out this paperwork, you know, but you're supposed to have done this before. And I'm like. I had no idea, uh-huh. you know, yeah. so. And it usually takes, what, how long to get it filed and approved and all that. Totally. So we kind of fast-tracked it, had an event and, and all that. But this was kind of the journey of, you know, you don't know <laughs> what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And part of my journey, whether it's nonprofit or for business, is don't be so intimidated about what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to make mistakes. It's it's okay to um, have these setbacks. And then the big thing is, going through it and learning from it and then eventually getting better and better at it. So that's kind of, kind of that initial journey. So, mm-hmm. so that was back in what, 2012? 2011, 2012. Yeah, 2011, 2012. Okay. Um, and, um, so real quick, I just wanted to talk about nonprofits, right? One of the things that I learned was super helpful. Cause again, it's super intimidating for people that like, yeah. hey, I got this idea for a nonprofit. Um, but I don't know how to do the paperwork. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get a 501c3 status. And one of the things that helped me out initially was if you're filing the, the you have to file paperwork 1023. It's real. And, and again, I'm not a financial professional, yeah, 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 so yeah, I don't yeah. want to, you know, tax, tax guy, but you got to file this form 1023 to apply. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that form is kind of, it's a big form. It's like 10, 12 pages mm-hmm. and it's kind of, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you're starting small and you don't anticipate getting revenues of more than $50,000 initially, you can file the 1023EZ form. Mm-hmm. And it's like two pages and you could do it. And that's actually how we got started ri- originally was that fast track way. And then eventually, if you go bigger than that, then you have to do additional paperwork. But these are the kind of thi- little things that you know, normally people, we don't know, we don't hear mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that yeah, is, yeah. is oh, very important. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. that will at least like you're taking that first step to become that 501c3. And if you're filling out like 20 pages, it's like so intimidating. It's like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like, oh man, I don't even know all this information. You're already yeah. defeated before you start. So totally. Exactly, you know? yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good tip. And so after you filed the easy, then you can like later on and it will. If, if your gross receipts become more than 50,000 a year, then you have to do additional paperwork too. But, but you don't have to worry about that until, until then. Mm-hmm. you got to raise $50,000 at least <laughs> yeah. first, right? That's uh-huh, the first hurdle. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. So, you know, you, you have Hawaii VA loans. You know, what what got you into all that? And 
I never in a million years thought I'd be getting into like the mortgage industry and, uh -huh. and what I thought what I wanted to do after college, I ended up getting, um, ended up playing football. Mm -hmm. Um, so I played football through high school and college. And, um, when I was graduating, I had opportunity to play, um, arena football, mm -hmm. arena football league. And so I had opp opportunity to travel when I, I went to, um, East coast, mm -hmm. Georgia, North Carolina, Nashville. And, um, for me, that was like my NBA in life, right? Yeah, this yeah, this yeah. kid from Hawaii. You made it. Well, I was just this Traveling kid from Hawaii. Play. Next thing you know, I'm 21 years old, and I'm in uh, Macon, Georgia, playing arena football. And so it was, it was a wild opportunity, but it opened up my eyes. You know, and, and a lot of the learning lessons I took there was very instrumental when I came back to Hawaii. Um, but eventually, things kind of fizzled out. It's time for me to figure out a career. And uh, one of my buddies from college, um, we're at Mai Tai Bar, right? You know, you guys have been there before, right? So All the best ideas come there, out right? of Mai Tai Bar. <laughs> I met my future wife there, too. So. Hey, a lot of good things uh, happen. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I was like, I got to move back home. I got to figure it out. Uh -huh. He's like, I'm in the mortgage industry, and I'm doing really well. Why don't you come on board, and you can be my assistant and figure it out. This is, I was probably 24 years old. And one thing led to another. I started doing it, and started having a little success. Um, and eventually three years later, I realized for me, there was an opportunity because at the time, my, my father is a Korean War veteran. Mm -hmm. And um, when he went to get a mortgage, um, I wasn't in the industry, right? But he had a terrible time. And uh, the person he went with didn't give him good information about mm. um, how to get a VA loan. And so for me, I thought there was an opportunity that... Um, a lot of these mortgage companies were like, hey, we do all these loans and then we do VA loans. Well, what if there's an organization in Hawaii was made it super easy and simple for a veteran to find out what's their benefits and, and how to take advantage of it and how to you know be a homeowner in Hawaii. And so... I love that story. Because yeah. that came from such a good place, was, too. Yeah, from my dad, right? Yeah. And so 2007 was just like, was pretty much building a website. So a lot of the, even <laughs> the nonprofits, they started yeah. off just build a website, build mm -hmm. a presence, and... Uh, make it easy for people to understand and eventually they use you so that was kind of my interest into um being in the mortgage industry but also being first-time business owner mm -hmm. and then again being naive and learning all the mm -hmm. all the things of how to how to operate a business and how to find people and how to delegate and how to lead you know mm -hmm. your team and all that stuff so kobe you know about that right we all know about that yeah it's it's funny because it's like, would we have done it knowing all the hardships that we have gone through to get to this point? I don't know, but it is a journey. It's worth it. And it is worth it. And it's, you're always learning and growing. And that's the kind of the exciting part too. It's like, there's the, there's no ceiling to like mm -hmm. what you can do. Well, I think the big thing for me was um, once you do it once and you mm -hmm. figure it out and you take your lumps, you, we're going to take, take cracks, right? We take yeah. cracks, yeah. we figure it out. There's going to be some, a lot of low points but you figure out how to make it work, you eventually build that confidence that mm -hmm. gives you that, okay, you know what? I did it once. I can do it again. Yeah. Or I never did a nonprofit before, but I started a for-profit, so I can, I can do a nonprofit, right? Mm -hmm. And then once you do one, okay, I learn and I have confidence where I can take that bigger step. And I think that is the natural progression. That was a natural progression for me, mm -hmm. but it first takes you to have to do that first thing first. Yeah, right? no, that's so true. Yeah. So you started your first business, then your first nonprofit. Then what led you to your second nonprofit? 
Well, the second nonprofit was actually Rise High, right? Mm-hmm. Which Kobe, Kobe's actually a board member. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, yeah. uh, I know Kobe since she was, she was actually our wedding videographer oh, way okay. back. 2010? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and I'm, I'm glad <laughs> we got her back then because she was a lot cheaper back then. <laughs> <laughs> now we, could, now we could, enough, we could afford her now, you know. Um, but you know, so I think it was 2016. I, I remember hitting up um, Kobe about this because I had this idea that it was kind of percolating for you know probably five years prior to that, and it was finally it's like okay, I got to do it right. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop talking about it, just do it. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept was um, it felt like growing up in Hawaii. There's you know so much positive things about growing up in Hawaii. But I also noticed there was a lot of pessimism happening with the environment of our Kiki growing up. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of negativity about um, make, making it in Hawaii, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's the, you know, it's, it's the toughest um, environment to start a business and the cost of living is so high and all this negative. Everybody's moving away. Everybody's moving away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I was looking at is, of course, there's going to be some unique obstacles to Hawaii, but there's... There's so much opportunity out there that we got to make sure we can remind our keiki that there, you know, there is mm-hmm. an abundance of opportunity that it, but it depends on you. It really depends on your mindset, mm-hmm. right? It depends on your habits, your skills, and really your outlook. And so how do we create optimism in Hawaii and our keiki that they can actually live and thrive in Hawaii? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so this was the big challenge. And to did be you honest, have kids at the time? What is that? Did you have kids already at the time? I, th- I did have kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had I have two kids. And I and so for me, that's kind of the next step thinking was like, how do I want to make sure that the environment my kids grew up in, mm-hmm. that, that they feel confident. They feel like there there is opportunity mm-hmm. here. And so that was kind of like the big, what can we do about that? And so, you know, we kind of brainstormed and, and let's just start with um, showcasing Kamaaina. Kamaaina creators, entrepreneurs, community leaders, and showcase, you know, what they did, you mm-hmm. know, not just their successes in Hawaii, but what were their failures? And more importantly, how do they overcome these challenges? And if we can share more of that, put that more out, out there in the community, you know, hopefully that'll start to resonate, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really kind of what we've been doing for the last shoot six years. Right? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think the, the power of like stories and, you know, um, you know, we know as filmmakers and whatnot and like just sharing those stories and like just like if it can resonate with one person like that, that's already like powerful, you know, so. Yeah, that's such a unique um, lens too because it is easy to like just see what everybody else is saying and kind of like get influenced by what everybody else is saying and to have like take on that pessimism too. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe we should just move away. But mm-hmm. then to go against the tide and be like, no. Look at all these other people who made it and look at their unique stories and let's share it. That's such a unique thing that, I mean, I really admire that and respect that about you because not many people would do that and like really put themselves out there and create this thing out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, one thing I realized is, you know, of course, I grew up being a big sports fan and, you know, you always hear of the, these sports legends out of Hawaii and you see them in the news and you mm-hmm. see newspaper articles and they're put on this platform, which is great. But what we are not doing, we weren't really putting, you know, again, the, the Kamaina creators, entrepreneurs, community leaders, these people that are fabric societies that are so important. It w- we wasn't really putting them up and showcasing them like we're doing our mm. sports stars. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I wanted to do. And a lot of times is 
plus two, the, a lot of the, these people, you know, they're, they're super humble, like Hawaii style, right? Yeah, humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to put, hey, look at me. This is what I'm doing, right? They need someone else to kind of like, hey. And, I, and a lot of times I'm talking to these people and a lot of them, they're kind of hesitant to do that because they don't yeah. want to yeah. yeah, yeah, make yeah, like yeah. that, right? Which yeah, I get yeah. it. But I also kind of tell them, hey, it's not about you. It's about, hey, how to inspire the next generation. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know That's your it. story, right, they don't know that, hey, they were just a local kid like you who was clueless, you know, yeah. at 15 years old trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you eventually, you know, you stumbled upon something and you had ambition and drive and you made a bunch of mistakes, but then you you figured it out. And now you're, you, now you're living the lifestyle that you want, doing what you want. And you're actually not just living in Hawaii, but you're thriving, right? You're doing well. You've got a family. You're you're paying your bills and you're happy, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's something that we need to share. We need mm-hmm. to showcase. 100%. Yeah. And Hawaii is like, has that kind of culture where it's like, Oh, don't like take too much attention or whatever. Um, but we also have this thing where like with same with sports, it's like you, everybody rallies, everybody gets behind their people and like celebrates the success. Um, and so even if you like shine a light on other creators, you know, leaders, the same thing like we all kind of like rally and mm-hmm. then celebrate each other kind of lift people up it just kind of takes it's another person or another thing to kind of shine the light they're not going to be like light shine on me <laughs> you know totally and totally. i've seen that through rise high yeah and especially with you know you know the the reason why we focus on creators entrepreneurs community leaders if you look at it is you know creators cr- we need people who understand hawaii that are from hawaii that that is creating the narrative of what Hawaii is about, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for, you know, we see outsiders who who are kind of creating the narrative. And it's like, hey, we got to take that back. And so I think creators are so important, whether you're artists, designers, filmmakers, mm-hmm. um, musicians, right? Is that we need to support that. And like, hey, you can be in a creator and, and live sustainably in Hawaii. Right? Yeah, there's so much talent out here in Hawaii. So, so much yeah. talent, so mm-hmm. much talent. And then entrepreneurs, of course, is like, you know, the, my concern at the time we started a nonprofit was like, man, I felt like a lot of the people I knew, they were just like, okay, I get out of school and then I'm just going to get a job with the government, right? Some kind of government mm-hmm. job and kind of stay in 25 years, 30 years and then retire. And those jobs are definitely needed. But I felt like we also need to make sure that we've got private enterprise that's creating more jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it, we want to have, we want to make sure that we have um, people that understand Hawaii that are the ones that are creating the jobs in Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we support them, right? How do we get more people that have these great ideas to give them the courage, like, you know, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and start this business, you know, versus letting someone from, you know, California come, come in, in and for them, you think about the people that move from the mainland to Hawaii, you know, the fact that they took the risk to come from leave mainland to come to hawaii they already have that risk taker mentality which goes for them which is great but i want to how do we get our local kids to say hey i can take that risk let's Mm -hmm. try it right Mm -hmm. especially early when they're young Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. when they don't have kids and mortgage and all that stuff yeah 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 so yeah changing the narrative what has been a story that's like kind of sticks out in your mind where you um, like a story of a creator or somebody that you interviewed that you learned something from them or that you didn't know or, or that inspired somebody? Yeah. One of my favorite stories is uh, Kyolo Raposo from uh, Fitted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
super cool story. So you think of this, he, he's this kid from Kahalu, right? Mm-hmm. So you think of Kahalu and uh, you think of it's like rural, you know, this is, this is, you know, headed to the North Shore on the, on the east side, rural. And when he grew up, he grew up and everyone was kind of template and what they were wearing. They were like slippers, yeah, surf yeah, shorts, yeah, yeah. tank tops, gold chain, fanny pack, <laughs> right? <laughs> and for Kiola, you know, for him, he was, he kind of was different. He was like, ah. You know, my friends are wearing all this stuff, but I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into what they're wearing in hip hop in New York and the streetwear, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And he was influenced by that. And so for him, he, he grew up with a, this challenge of like, hey, do I try to fit in or do I kind of follow what I feel like this is me? Mm-hmm. And so he started really getting into fashion at an early age. And um, so against the like cultural like expectations or whatever, totally. you know, it's yeah, like that yeah. community, yeah. Right? Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, know, and, you know, drinking, drinking at the park after <laughs> with the boys. And so he, he was trying to figure out, OK, I'm, I'm really into design and fashion. And what do I do? So he ended up as this class. I think it was at um, Wimmer Community College. One of the community colleges is a fashion design class. But think about it, this is. 1998 or 99 right Mm -hmm. fashion design class wasn't about men's fashion it was about female fashion right so he applies for this class (laughs) and he's the only guy in this class can you just imagine kiola sitting in that classroom so it's funny this story is he's like this only guy in this class and they're learning women's fashion right and he has a part-time job at um the chevron uh, gas station gas station and so what he would do is you know he would do his work, but at you know at a certain time at night, you know when he's kind of slow, he would he would bust out all his fabrics and his designs and his you know all the all that kind of stuff, and he start making his patterns. <laughs> and then he said like his friends would come in because usually they, you know when everyone's gone, yeah, they yeah, come yeah. in, drink, Just party, stuff, <laughs> and they come in and be like, "Hola, what are you doing? Was it, <laughs> you got patterns and pins and you're cutting fabric? Like what's going on?" Yeah, and yeah. he's like. Why, why are you making women's clothes for him? And he's like, <laughs> he basically says, like, you don't worry. You know, it's like, if I know how to make women's clothes, then I'll, I'll know how to make men's clothes, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, was it such an important story for him is that, you know, that other people could learn is that it's so easy to try and fit in with everybody else, right? But if you do that, you're kind of, you're not really... Um, getting the best your, your best self out of you right mm-hmm. you're just you're just kind of doing what everyone else is doing and you're not really doing what you truly want to do mm-hmm. and he learned at an early age to fight that resistance mm-hmm. which eventually led to him you know learning design fashion and eventually co-founding fitted which we know today is mm-hmm. this huge huge brand that um very well respected brand and they're doing really well and so mm-hmm. that's that is a, a very powerful lesson of um you know, we talked about the power of vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And how vulnerability creates opportunity. And so easy for us to, <clears throat> we're so connected in Hawaii that, um, you know, I, I, you know, if I didn't know you, Kobe, I guarantee we know someone in common, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and same thing with you, Andrew, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so for sometimes in Hawaii growing up, and that's all you know, you're kind of worried about putting yourself out there because if you make a mistake, it's shame. Yeah. Make yeah. A, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so scared yeah. of making uh-huh. A that you don't want people to like, oh, tease you or mm-hmm. criticize you. But then you're not really putting yourself out there, right? You're kind of playing it safe. And if you're constantly just playing it safe through life, then it's hard for you to stand out. It's hard for you to resonate. And if mm-hmm. you can't really resonate, 
these opportunities that are out there, you're not really going to be able to be exposed to them, you know? So that is a critical story that we want to share. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, I know it's hard. I know it's so easy to fit in. I know it's hard for you to, to open the kimono a little bit and yeah, show your yeah. true self. But if you're able to tap into that, figure that out, you're going to notice that you're going to have so much more opportunities come your way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're just talking about that. Just like being open and welcoming these opportunities and they'll come putting it out to the universe mm -hmm. and, yeah yeah it's and just, like being true to yeah being true to yourself and like i mean ola was like he knew that he had an interest in it and mm -hmm. he wasn't gonna like not listen to that voice and he look where he hey, went. He, he, he he got teased went. and ragged by his boys yeah. right and all that yeah, stuff yeah, but yeah look now it was worth it right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah he stuck to that and what were some challenges for you, like, you know, like personally, like whether it's starting your first business or, you know, your first nonprofit? Oh, man, shoot. I can't. I mean, there's <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of one. But I mean, through every step of the way, there were so much mistakes, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, for instance, you know, starting a business and not understanding the accounting side of it. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and that one. is a big lesson yeah. that <laughs> a lot of people start a business and they don't realize how hard it is to run the business, run the bit and then try to trying to fix it retroactively. Mm -hmm. It's so much harder, you know, but these are the things you have to go through. And then mm -hmm. um, building a business, it's about finding the right people. Right. Mm -hmm. And. Um, you, you know, you're going to have, you're going to run it sometimes where you think you have the right hire and they end up not being the right, but, but you going through that experience will help adjust your judgment for the future so that you get better and better. So it's like, I think the big thing is it's, it's never going to be perfect in the beginning and you have to be okay that mistakes are going to happen. And it's not like the first thing that blows up, it's like, okay, this is a sign from God that I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, supposed yeah, to right. do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people think like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that's part of the process. Of, of figuring out taking your lumps and then getting better the next time you know mm -hmm. so how about with rise high or any um you know even with hawaii via games it's like it is a great idea like such a great idea and when you talk about it it's like yeah i want like i'm down with that like i want to support that and but it's not always easy it's not going to be like yeah this is a great idea idea just like uh, a business would be a great idea but then it's like it's not just going to happen you know so what are some challenges with like nonprofit specifically yeah that you had with rise high yeah so so uh, you know I th i'm, I'm going to look back and um you know one of the things that I, I realize is um i think for me is i i get i gravitate towards things that you're not necessarily is going to make me the most money it's more of the things that i'm passionate or interested about mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you know the hawaii VA games at a time i was really into that and I noticed it, it was from the first year, you know, raising like three grand to like the sixth and final year, we did like over 30 grand, you know, um, it started becoming a beast. It kind of started taking over, you know, <laughs> yeah. my schedule. Uh -huh. and, and again, I wasn't making any money out of it at all. We were contributing everything to charity. Um, but the time involved that it, it, it started to, you know, take up, it was getting to the point where it's like, I got to figure this out. Like this is, I wasn't having fun anymore. And this was taking up a lot of time. I was raising my kids and family mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I took my job and, and it was kind of a, um, a, a turning point. Like a year five was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And one of the, the, the challenges by the last year, I finally said, okay, this is the sixth year and this is going to be the last year. And it was, it was kind of sad because a lot of people really enjoyed it. They looked forward to it. I mean, 
we had, you know, the whole state was kind of coming to the Blazed Arena and competing and, um, but it was to the point where I, I can't do it anymore. And it mm-hmm. was, and one of the things that I look back and I, and I learned from this in the future is that I should have figured out a succession plan. You know, I should have figured out how to find someone. We already created the blueprint of it, right. the structure of yeah. it. The already, next generation. How do we, how do I find, how do I, I should have looked sooner to find someone who was capable of taking it on where I could support them and then um, them run with it for the future. I would have loved, you know, to like just show up and like, oh, this is super cool and yeah. not have yeah. to worry about I it. I started this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the founder. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't look earlier enough and I didn't do enough work to find that and groom that person and got to the point where you have to let it go. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I learned for future endeavors because I know for me personally, is I like to take on new challenges, mm-hmm. but there's a life cycle for me, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. there's always going to be these other things that yeah. I'm creatively interested in. And so I got to understand, okay, if I know that about me, I got to find out who can take it over, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. who can run with it that is just as passionate as I am about it. And so you're like the typical, like visionary entrepreneur. Yeah. And then once it gets to a point, it's like, Okay. Okay, I'm done. Challenge done. I'm terrible. I'm. I think I'm pretty good at starting and building, but I'm terrible at eventually long-term nurturing. Yeah. Well, that's at least you know that of yourself, and it is a thing. Like in in E Myth, it's like there's the visionary entrepreneur, there's the manager, and the technician, and you're obviously the one with the big ideas and the one who's gonna connect and get everybody going. But after a while, it's like, okay. It's time to move on to something else. Yeah. Exactly. But it's, but it's good that you're self-aware of that so you can prep and plan for that because mm-hmm. then things will still be successful and like you're getting it started, you're finding, the, you're building the systems and the plans and the blueprint yep. and then someone else is going to take over and run mm-hmm. it, and then you're on to the next thing. And We, we learn from our, our failures and our mistakes 100%. and the pain, right? Yep. And yep. I, for me, letting that go and all that hard work and letting that go and then now there's nothing, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. It sit with me and I, and I realized that so... You know, that kind of led to future nonprofits that, okay, let's have a plan for this. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So with Rise High, are you kind of implementing that? So with Rise High, that's actually my my, my passion part. Like, I'm fully invested like that. I don't have, I haven't gone there yet because I, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to be involved with this long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've done that for the third nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so you do have a third one. Yeah, so let's talk about that and how Arcapuna was born. Yeah, so this was, think about twenty spring of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what hit us in 2020 was the lockdown. COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Lockdown, and it was, it was wild. We didn't know what to expect. And I know for, for me, I was looking at the news, and, you know, of course, um, Asia and Europe got hit with this first, right? And they see kind of what's coming is like, hey, it's just about time to hit us. And, um, you know, so for me, this is March 2020, and uh, I remember telling my dad, so it goes back to my, 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 mm-hmm. my stepdad who raised me since I was 10. He, at the time, he was like 84 years old, right? And um, with, with COVID, you know, starting to hit Hawaii, I remember telling him, he's like, hey, do not go to the grocery store. No, mm-hmm. you know, lift, let me know, and I'll go pick up groceries and drop it off because I don't want him unnecessarily risk, exposed, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think I read something in the CDC saying, like, 80% of the fatalities of COVID were from those ages 16 and older. Mm, mm-hmm. So it was obvious that our, that our kupuna were the most vulnerable. 
And um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pick up your groceries and just let me know, right? And I realized at that moment, I was like, man, there's a lot of kupuna out there that yeah. don't actually have someone on island that can take care of them, whether they don't got family on island or they got or they got estranged family, mm-hmm, you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. not, you know, talking. And um, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we, what do we do about that? Mm-hmm. And, um, and part of me felt like, hey, I know a lot of people in Hawaii um, in general want to help, but they don't know how, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just takes, like, a, you need a... You need a platform for someone to to activate them to help, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it was kind of this idea: how do we how do we be a connector? How do we create a platform that connects people in the community that want to help, and they gotta go and get groceries anyway. So it's not just getting groceries for themselves; get you know groceries for someone in their community, a kapuna that mm-hmm. you know could that use that help. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the idea of our kapuna uh, formed. And again, it goes back to. Just, okay, I did it before, right? Yeah. I got the confidence, so let's just do it. And you know what? I'm not going to know. I've never been in social work, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I have no idea how, to, how that works, but we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I think it was like a Friday. Uh, I remember telling a friend, I was like, I have this idea, and once I start talking about it, I hate being that person that talks about it, but... They're like, yeah, I, yeah, 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 do, do it, it right? yeah, do uh-huh. it. <laughs> and so I finally was like, okay, I'm, t- I'm actually talking about it. I was like, okay, I got to do it, right? So... Um, it was like Friday and then I, I started putting a Squarespace website, you know, yeah. and putting it together and then um, um, had the connections with, um, you know, for, for my business, we have a CRM platform, customer relationship mm-hmm. management platform. So I already knew how to do that. And I already, we use this tool called Avachado that sends SMS messages for, you know, so I already had a lot of the tools in mm-hmm. place. And so it was like building a website, putting it together. Um, I had a friend who had these unreal images of seniors that he just, he was a good photographer. And I was like, hey, can I use this for this mm-hmm. nonprofit? So we had this great imagery for the website and nice. the branding, you know? Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we created this platform. Our Kupuna was like, okay, we're going to be the matchmaker. Kupuna needs help getting groceries. Um, people in the community want to help and, and support. They're going to get groceries for the Kupuna. And we just got to be the matchmaker. And so... By Monday, the site was done, had everything going, and then I hit up, like, 10 of my friends who were, like, influencers, right, uh-huh. on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I have this idea. This we're going to do to help. Can you get the word out? So, because we need to first get volunteers, yep, right? Yep, Build that presence. And, dude, by, was it, so I started Friday. By Tuesday, our friend, my friends were pushing it on social media. We had, like, 540 volunteers oh sign up yeah. to help out, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. So we're like, okay, okay, people want to help out, which is good. And then, okay, now we're going to let the Kapuna know, like, mm-hmm. hey, there's a service. So we had, like, press release for the news, you know? But so by Wednesday, you know, it was on the news. And next thing you know, Kapuna were calling. And the fact that my company, Hawaii Loans, we had people already answering the phone. So we were just routing them to talk to my employees yeah, 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 who yeah. were like being like in dispatch and uh-huh. collecting Kupuna's information. Uh-huh. So it was kind of cool how this all worked out. But the, the funny thing with this is like, again, it goes back to being naive. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> Hey, great idea. Let's do this. And then next, thing you know, my friend's like, well, you're going to connect to some random volunteer to an elderly person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you think yeah. that's smart? Like, you're not going to vet these people out? I'm like, just, oh, oh, man. Just honor like, yeah, systems. 540 like, people. Wait, yeah. wait. Just take their money. <laughs> I, I didn't, maybe I didn't think this through yeah, enough, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we, we eventually came up with a plan where we got this service that does like a background check, mm-hmm. you know? 
and we actually realize okay we have to vet these people out so this is, we gotta talk to these volunteers. We gotta yeah. find out if they uh -huh. have any criminal history, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, all this stuff, <laughs> and then yeah. and then realizing it's like, man, what kind of liabilities involved with this? Yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and then um, it's like, okay, what if they get people who's picking up groceries who doesn't have a license and gets in a car accident? Is it gonna, yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah, then it's like the whole yeah. So now we got four five hundred forty people who fill out a form and say I want to help, but now we have to make sure that we have they have. Can you send us your uh, driver's license and insurance? Uh -huh, so we have uh -huh. to reach out back to them. And so, again, these are all the things that if I really kind of thought it all the way through, I probably would have been like, ah, I'm not I'm not going to miss too much. Yeah. But the fact that we got momentum was like, okay, okay, we'll figure this out. We got to do a background check. We got to vet them out over the phone. We got to get their driver's license, insurance, you know, all that stuff. And, um you know, we eventually got to the point, okay, now we feel comfortable and we started connecting them. Um, and, you know, look back today. So two, what, two and a half years later, we've served over 500 kupuna on five islands, right? Um, over, over 500 volunteers help. And I think we've estimated, I think we've done over 9,000 grocery delivery. Wow. Deliveries. That's awesome. you know, deliveries yeah. to kupuna so that they felt comfortable and feel safe that they don't, get unnecessarily exposed you know mm -hmm. that just gave me chicken skin yeah. that is so amazing. awesome because yeah. even like now like two years later you know that's can still a good service like yeah mm -hmm. um, it's still going now it's still going and so two things on this was like number one is you know the question of liability and stuff and honestly that was concern right because mm -hmm. something could happen right it only takes yeah. one bad apple but i felt at the time the need was so important that you know what, if something was to go down, hopefully someone's got my back. Say, hey, yeah, this yeah, is a great but, service. Yeah. You know, we can figure this out. But um, and so that was important to understand. And hey, sometimes we have to take risks, mm -hmm. right, especially because mm -hmm. of the moment. But number two, it, well, number two, it validated that people want to help. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. They just need a catalyst. They need a platform, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. And then number three, one of the things we learned from, you know, talking to Kupuna about this, right, is they wanted to get you know groceries delivered so they don't have to go out but a lot of times it was really more than that it was like they just want someone to talk to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. they're stuck yep. at There's home some company yeah. they enjoyed someone just calling them on a weekly basis and checking in on them oh, that's and talking awesome. stories mm -hmm. and so one of the things that we realized is you know in a post-covid world what are the what are the um how's this work right you mm -hmm. know longevity of it yeah you know. and you know one of the things that we develop and i don't take credit for this because i have a so let me tell this story and I'll tell you what I learned from uh -huh. the Hawaii via games is what we developed a program where we've got like a pen pal program. So, oh, so nice. we got high school students doing a pen pal program. Oh, that's, oh, cool. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then we got, um, we got someone doing zoom exercise classes with Kupuna. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Hey, Kupuna could do zoom too. Yeah. 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 Hey, they know. You're surprised. Just got shown one time. You know? <laughs> so you think of there are these ancillary services that is just as important as say grocery delivery runs that we're figuring out and, helps with their their mental health but wanted to kind of transition where we were talking about this is what i learned from hawaii via games when i had to let it go because i didn't have someone to fulfill is right from the get-go I, I started to put it together but my first thing was okay i gotta find someone who's gonna run this long term mm -hmm. you know yeah and luckily through some connections i found someone who was an intermediary who could be the program director uh, who could be like a um a temporary program director and then we found someone who's running it to today who's 
master's degree in public health from Cal Berkeley. Oh, yeah. Dang. That yeah. is like no social social work and, yeah. and public health. That is now our program director and, she, and Keva Decay, and she's she's running this. You know, she's been running this for the last year and a half. And so for me, that is so awesome yeah. that you even provided that oppor- created something that provided the opportunity for her to do the thing that she like is passionate about. Went to school for allows her to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Totally, because if it was for me, this program would have died if it was reliant totally on mm-hmm. me. Right. So it's like kind of okay. I like building, creating, got it set up. Keva, run with it. We'll support you. And I'm more of an advisory role and support her resources and stuff. But, I mean, they're doing 99.9% of all the work. And they're, 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 doing, they're doing a great job. So, That's But, right. again, I yeah. wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't from these, you know, painful learning lessons yeah. from, from mm-hmm. previous experiences. Yeah. How, was, how were you able to get it up and started so quickly? Because we talked yeah, about, like, how tricky. long that process is to, like, start a nonprofit. Well, I think, okay, so that's a good point so my my um so my non my initial nonprofit Hawaii VA foundation right I've already had that I already had that going and so what that served as the fiscal sponsor for our kapuna mm. so I was able to make a trade name under Hawaii VA foundation to start our kapuna and get that going um so I don't have to break create a brand new nonprofit right mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and um you know eventually you can we can spin it off if we wanted to you know but that was kind of key, having already a nonprofit in place so we could take in funding without getting taxed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that, that again, that was, that was super helpful. Um, yeah, because that was well. especially timely to, like, get that. You got to get it quick, mm-hmm. right? Is that something, like, you, you were, like, putting it out to the community and someone, like, advised you on that? Or, like, how did you find that information? Or just, like, just so happened? No, I know. I just knew from having a business that mm-hmm. you can file for different trade names, mm-hmm. you know? And so, it, you so have, it works for the nonprofit. It as well. works for... It's, so basically, when people look at nonprofits, it's basically a business. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, a corporate entity. Mm-hmm. Only difference is um, you apply for 501c3 status. You make sure you file as a charitable organization <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the state of Hawaii, yeah. right? <laughs> And then what happens is, you know, the, the revenues you bring in is considered non-taxable as long as you follow, obviously, mm-hmm. the, the rules. Um, and so, but a lot of the similar um, concepts are seen for for-profit and non-profit mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of the, mm-hmm. you know, outside of that one part of um, making sure you follow the rules so that you're not taxed on, uh, you know, X amount of revenue and all that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, like, lessons that you've learned throughout the whole journey and like using it for your new ventures and all that for sure and and again i want to make sure that i'm i i don't consider myself being an expert oh, yeah. in this field and still you always know, learning you definitely yeah. gotta make sure you you know you speak with a tax professional um people you know attorneys that may be familiar with this um to get some you know proper advice but i also would advise you know you can do a lot on your own too mm-hmm. and, and again figure it out make some mistakes um, and hopefully it's not going to be detrimental mistakes, but, um, just kind of get your feet wet. And then when you get to the point where you're, you're at scale, you're big enough, then you can find a professional help to really kind of dial things in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because a lot of times I see it all the time. People have these ideas, but they're so, it's so intimidating that yeah. they don't start, they don't take action mm-hmm. and, um, they never kind of build those skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like what you said about like, with Argupuna, you found that people were wanting to help. They just needed a platform to empower them to help. So I think for the most part, people are good. Like they want to do oh, good work. Yeah. They want to give back. Um, 
And then I think a lot of people I get, because I have a nonprofit, like I get always asked, like, how do I start? And da 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 da. And I'm always like, how about, do you see any other nonprofit that you connect with or that is in line, in alignment with like your passion or like how you want to give back? Would you say the same? Like after starting a nonprofit and doing it multiple times, like, would you also say that it might be a good idea to first look into partnering with some an existing one? Well, I think I think even just kind of reaching out and finding a mentor, I think is huge, mm-hmm. right? I yep. mean, I know, any aspect, I, yeah. you know, especially at Rise High, we've we've been able to connect with, you know, three dozen combined creators, entrepreneurs, community leaders, all of them, they want to help, mm-hmm. right? But, um, you know, they, they, but you can obviously got to, you know, time, you got to make sure that you're not taking too much time, but a lot of them are willing to help and mentor and kind of point people in the right direction. So, mm-hmm. um, you can definitely want number one, work for a nonprofit or a volunteer. Number two is reach out, reach out to someone who is, you know, that whether you're starting a nonprofit or for a business, um, and reach out if you have some kind of mutual connection that always helps. Right. But even if you don't, you know, if you can put together a compelling, way of uh, uh, ask mm-hmm. of you yeah. know and and the, the way i teach you know younger people you know um kind of taught this course at uh west oahu is we have this series called level up how to level up and how, how to connect with people who've got connections and resources is if you're going to reach out to somebody for a mentorship or for support and help figure out how you can provide them value first mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah like hey Andrew, one. hey, I'm I'm an aspiring filmmaker, you know, um, you know, I'd love the opportunity to work for free and do your edits or shoot B-roll for you. You know, all I want to do, I can do 15 hours a mm-hmm. week of work, right? Just so I can kind of know the business, understand. I guarantee you, if someone emailed you with that, and here's my portfolio of work I've done. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if someone emailed you with that approach versus like, "Hey, Andrew, um, I'm looking for a mentor to kind of help me become a filmmaker." You know, yeah, yeah. it'll stand out more. And mm-hmm. so, I think yep. understanding how to structure the ask so mm-hmm. that you're providing value first is like. Local style. You come to a barbecue. Yeah, you don't yeah, just yeah, show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta bring, yeah, bring something. something. Yeah, yeah, bring something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think the same thing when you're looking for help and mentorship is 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 understanding that big component. Right. Provide that something of value first. Hundred percent. Yeah. That I, is I huge, that. especially yeah. in that's Hawaii. Really good advice. Yep. Yeah, especially in Hawaii because everybody's so interconnected, and even if you like ask or like you know, ask in a weird way, like Andrew probably be like, oh, Kobe, this girl, like this chick emailed me, like just ignore that email <laughs> she's weird or whatever. Or, or like my, actually one of my solid team members, like part of my um, core team now at Aria Studios, like she did the same thing when she was in high school at Punahou. She like sent me this amazing email. So she's been like actually put, you know, like links to videos that she loved and like things that she learned and like photos that she loved i was like dang yeah she did her research and she was like i can carry your bags like i'll just shadow i just i can help you do whatever (laughs) so i'll tell you a story about that here so um i think this is like 2018 or something like that 2018 19 um i had a social for rise high someone reached out to us on social media saying hey she's looking for an intern she's going to be home for the summer or the winter i forget and she's um a senior at chapman university she graduated coming at schools Mm -hmm. and she's looking for an internship and um but she said here here i want to look for an internship but here is um a marketing plan i developed 
at school for my class uh-huh. about Rise High. This oh, wow. is, this yeah. is what and I would that, that this is what I would crazy. do if I was managing, you know, Rise High social media. Here's the plan. So she sent that and I was like, this is amazing. This is like better than professional where like uh-huh. people yeah. would pay <laughs> like for blown it. away, yeah. Yeah. And so I said absolutely and so we brought her on as an intern and now she's we hired her full time and she's our our media director at Rise High, Cassidy Kiolo and mm-hmm. You know, she's an instrumental part of what we're doing at Rise High. But again, that was another example of not just asking for something, but hey, providing um, providing value. And she showcased her work with that marketing plan, you mm-hmm. know, and it was great. Yeah, like it, making it impossible for them to say no. Like, yeah. how are you going to yeah. say no yeah. to that? Yeah, <laughs> it, it goes back to you got to resonate, right? There's yep. so much. It's so everything's so cluttered, right? We we're living in an environment where there's so much signals out mm-hmm. there. How do you stand out? How do you resonate? How do you how do you make yourself look different? Yeah. Um, um, how do you make yourself into what what we call is purple cow? You ever heard of the purple cow mm-hmm. concept? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So um, this is something that this very very valuable that I, I that um, I use today and I always share with everyone else. So there's an author called Seth Godin, uh, Godin who's um, he writes a bunch of books, but I've followed him for years. He had a book called The Purple Cow. Okay, and so his concept was. You know, if you're driving on the highway mm-hmm. and you see, you know, you you drive by his cow pasture and you see a bunch of cows, um, are you really going to stop and take notice of them of just a bunch of cows? Mm-hmm. Right? Andrew, mm-hmm. what do you think? No, yeah. Just, no, driving. just, just yeah. driving, right? Yeah. Oh, a bunch of cows. Well, what if you see a purple cow, mm-hmm. right? What would you do? You're going to be compelled to stop. Stop, take a picture, yeah, yeah, put yeah, on yeah, your yeah, stories, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> check this out, right? the purple cow, yeah. <laughs> and so his whole idea was, you know, you got to figure out whatever you're doing, whether you're starting a business or you're trying to work up the corporate ladder, you know, you're trying to start a nonprofit, you got to figure out how to be the purple cow, how to be so um, remarkable mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. Hate, so yeah. people are going to stop, listen, and or, or share your story because this is so different than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a, a such a important concept to always remind yourself. Cause sometimes we're thinking like, I, th- I think we're doing, all, we're, I think we're standing out, but then you kind of look, zoom out. It's like, you're kind of, maybe you're kind of doing the same thing. Everybody else is doing. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people try to do the same thing. That it was like, Oh, Andrew's doing this with his videos. I should do that too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. It, it's, it's such tough. And then like when, yeah, when you zoom out, you look at that bigger picture, like, Oh man, like, we're actually like all doing the same thing mm-hmm. so how do, how do you yeah separate the, yourself the challenge though with that is you also have to be comfortable that you try to be different not everyone's gonna get it yeah mm-hmm. right yep. and goes back to the vulnerability right mm-hmm. you might get attacked you might have you know arrows slung at you uh-huh. and uh-huh. and because people don't get it and understand and it might not just work right mm-hmm. but you have to be comfortable to try and put yourself out there and take a little risk at mm-hmm. sometimes and you know if it doesn't work out fine hey we know what doesn't work we'll, we'll try we'll try yeah. something else mm-hmm. yeah i love that you say it because you also live it and you've done that in your in um in your business in your nonprofits. like i think one of like the things that i think of when I think when I think what I, what I think of you, I think you're a connector, and you're like it comes from like such a good place, and like you take that genuine like care about people about Hawaii, and then you make it happen. Like you build something out of nothing, mm-hmm. which is kind of incredible. And I think a lot of people can learn a lot from you. So what would you say about somebody who is like thinking about starting, whether it's a business or a nonprofit? Like through your experience of building, like what is one thing that you can say to encourage them? 
Yeah. I, and like I said, it goes back to, um, you know, really identifying what you're really into. Because mm-hmm. I know for me, if I wasn't passionate about some of these things, mm-hmm. as soon as I hit a roadblock, done. done yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, so that's, that's an important thing. And then also just because, just because it hasn't been done before, doesn't mean it, it can't be done. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we have these traditional careers and pathways, mm-hmm. right, that we all grew up kind of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think now, especially with, you know, Internet and social media and YouTube and stuff, there's there's so much more things that can be done now. And mm-hmm. so if you're super passionate about it, you, you may think oh, I can't make a career out of this. You know, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people that are making good money doing something mm-hmm. they're yeah. passionate about. Yeah. Right. Which is amazing. And that's what I'm saying. This is the best time in the history of the world yep. to really make money on something you're passionate about yeah okay? so doing true. that looking at that and also again finding someone who already did it you know so if you can figure out how to avoid a lot of the mistakes yeah. ahead of time it's gonna yeah. be so helpful it's like a fast pass yeah. fast pass for mm-hmm. sure Worth it, a, a good mentor for sure um and again i think the number one thing is just you gotta do it you gotta you gotta take the first step and yeah. part of it is it's so easy to get overwhelmed because this is so big and huge. And so my, my goal is so audacious, you know, mm-hmm. break it down into little steps. Okay. And then figure out what is that first initial step. And once you actually finish that first step, you can build confidence to take a bigger step and then bigger step. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Cause there's, I very rarely find people that go from like zero to 60, just mm-hmm. like that. Yep, yeah. And a lot of people think that. Yeah. But they don't, like, for instance... Instagram makes it look so easy. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. Social media nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Social yep. media. But think about, like, think of Bruno Mars, right? People think, man, Bruno Mars, he must have been, like, automatically a star. It's like, you don't realize 15, 20... He was little Elvis in the beginning. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You remember yeah. the little stuff that he was doing. He was doing. hustling uh-huh. since he could walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since it, he could sing. Exactly. Yep. And so a lot of people forget the the grind behind the scenes you know and they just see you know the bright lights and the and the, and the fancy things that happen and all that's the stardom but you got to start with those little steps and build the confidence and and, and the next thing you know you're taking on bigger challenges mm-hmm. you know bigger challenges and next thing you know it's like oh, okay i'm at kind of where i'm going to be mm-hmm. you know? yeah and i love that journey too that yeah, journey is like journey. Yeah. Yeah, like you learn so much about yourself and about people and it's like it, the goal shouldn't be like this the end point, you know? It's like the journey of it. Trust the process. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's next with you? You know, anything new in, on the horizon? <laughs> any more nonprofits? <laughs> yeah, any more great ideas? <laughs> See, my, cha- my challenge, my challenge is is again is it's not not about having enough ideas, have more time, you know. More time. Yeah. yeah. I think right now I'm in a place where um you know, I've got I've got a bunch of ideas and really anal- analyzing like, hey, what what's gonna make me happy for the next five ten years? You know, what's gonna mm-hmm. be super passionate about? But juggling that with you know family, right? Mm-hmm. I've got two kids, ten and fourteen. You're growing up so fast. I'm mm-hmm. coaching coaching my son's flag football oh, team. Nice. You know what I mean? So it's like so I back f- into that passion, full <laughs> you know? circle. Uh-huh. E- exactly, and and figuring out figuring out the right um, balance in life. And I think that's something that I've kind of, and Kobe, I know we talked about this too, right? Is, is for, like when I was 21, 22, I was just about the hustle and I wanted mm-hmm. to make money, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And what I've realized was um, things change, especially when you have, when you start having a family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and your perspective change and different priorities, different priorities. And so 
I don't know. I figured I'd share this one thing that was super, I think it's been helpful for me. And it was kind of personal for me before when I first did this, but now I've shared it and maybe it helped others is because I know for me, it's like, it's, it's so easy to kind of, um, uh, you dealing with so much stuff and you don't have priorities, right? Mm-hmm. You don't understand what your, your priorities in life are. And so for me, I've, I think when starting after having kids and kind of going through this and feeling burnt out, right? Mm-hmm. Getting burnt out, yeah. taking out too much. And very, I have to kind of like go back to the drawing board and like what's important for me. And so one of the exercises I do is I try to visualize, okay, if I'm 80 years old, hopefully I get a chance to live till I say 80 years old, right? And I'm kind of like old and gray and yeah, I'm sitting yeah. in my rocky chair, right? <laughs> and I'm looking back and it's like, what's going what's gonna to make me feel happy at that time, mm-hmm. you know? And I realize, you know, by doing this exercise, I realize it's like, you know, having all the money in the world is, is not going to make me fully fulfilled. Like, I could have money, but if I don't have a healthy relationship with my, my kids and my spouse, or I don't have great relationships with my friends, that, all the money in the world is not going to mean anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and so as understanding this is I, f- I put together this quadrant. So if you imagine a quadrant, right? So you got like this, you know, vertical bar, horizontal bar, and like, each quadrant is something you, you want to focus on that you feel like it's going to be meaningful f- for you when hopefully later on in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you visualize the bottom boxes. So the number one thing is important. I think is I, I have an H there and it stands for health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause without That's health, <laughs> we're not making it. Yeah, to yeah. 80. You got, you yeah, got yeah, nothing. Yeah. You got nothing. nothing right. Yeah. So yeah. we think of health is, you know, your physical health, but also mental health. Right. Mm-hmm. So, making sure I prioritize what am I doing for both physical health, mental health, you know, so whether it's working out, swim, yoga, meditation practice for me- me- mental health, you know, and so that's each on, on one side. And then if you go to the next box on the bottom, you know, for me, it's R and R stands for relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. So most importantly is the relationship with my spouse and my kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what am I doing to make sure that I got a health? I know a lot of people that, They've got a lot of money, but they don't have a good relationship with their kids or their spouse. Totally. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's so sad, right? Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're prioritizing that, right? Whether you're doing family trips and you're, you're actively involved with them, you're having dinner with them every night, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and then, but also, R is also relationships with friends. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know a lot of older people that don't have friends anymore, mm. you know? And they never... They never cultivated that relationship with friends long term, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, a lot of people don't think about that. That's that's important. So, those are the foundations H and R on the bottom for me. And then if you look at the top left quadrant, I put F, and so F uh, stands for freedom, you know. And it could stand for financial, but for me, it's freedom because I look at what money is. Is like I don't necessarily want need to have a fancy car or a big house or anything like that. But I know for me is I want freedom to have options, mm-hmm. right? So if mm-hmm. you're financially secure, you have the freedom to create, uh, do projects or like for me, I like doing creative projects, but I want to do, I don't want to rely on, am I going to make money on this to mm-hmm. do it? Right. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do it if I feel like mm-hmm. compelled to do it. Uh, if I want to travel, I want to make sure, okay, I have a setup where I can take the family traveling. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not have to worry about not it. Not to worry about it. So for me, F is freedom. And so you have to figure out how to generate the revenue so that you can have that optionality in mm-hmm. life. <clears throat> and then 
The final thing for me, which kind of ties into the nonprofit work in terms of, you know, talking about why is a C, and that's for community. Mm. And I think for me is I realized that if I'm 80 and I look back and I, I just kind of looked out for myself and I just kind of filled my personal bucket, mm -hmm. but not really making the community better or mm -hmm. giving back, yeah. I feel like I would be, I would have a lot of regrets in life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's, that's probably one of the main motivating factors of kind of why I'm inspired to do some of these things, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Is, is to make sure I kind of check these boxes because that by having this quadrant for me that helps prioritize things and make sure that if it doesn't fit one of those quadrants then maybe don't invest time in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Time I love is so that. valuable. And yeah, yeah. I, for, for you to realize that and like, you know, figure that out, like it's huge. Yeah. Thank you that, for sharing that. Yeah. No, no worries. Yeah. And again, yeah. for me, I'm not, Hey, I'm human. And, and sometimes I go off track oh, yeah, of and I figure, yeah. figure it out and then, okay, I got to realign. It's and it's, to get back to it. It's a constant process for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You have mm -hmm. so much yeah. wisdom. Like, feel like we could just talk forever. Like, you're like the mentor yeah. <laughs> for all of our listeners. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how can people get plugged in to? How can they help? How can they find you? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm Don't a, find him. No, he doesn't no, want to yeah. be found. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, um, like probably the easiest thing is social media. I don't really do Facebook, but I do. Um, I do both Instagram and uh, Twitter. So you can find me at Gabe Ame, right? Mm -hmm. And and again, I'm always down to down to help. You know, especially young. Yeah. Come, I know up-and-comers that are ambitious and are, dr are driven and they want to try to figure it out like i'm always down to support that you know we're, mm -hmm. we're doing especially at rise high we're working on um we're working on um creating curriculum for oh, schools nice. in doe mm -hmm. like we're using these stories to create curriculum so that i think this the challenge in, in the school system right now is a lot of the curriculum is not from hawaii it's mm -hmm. not a lens yep. of hawaii mm -hmm. and so a lot of people a lot of kids they're not fully engaged with it because they don't doesn't it's not relatable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so what we're trying to do the next next thing is how do we get these stories into school and help teachers with their curriculum using these stories as prompts and so yeah. so anyways um i'm really getting into education space so for me i'm always down to help um you know local kamaina who mm -hmm. are trying to figure it out so um you can always reach out i think that's probably the best thing is to reach out to me on social media um yeah. And um, and if anything resonates with Rise High or our Kupuna, then they, you guys have we have platforms for that too. Get plugged in, yep. get volunteer donations. Like, yeah, let me plug in the um, so on for Rise High. We are at Rise Hawaii on Instagram, okay? Or you can go to risehigh.com, R-I-S-E-H-I.com. Um, we're always looking for support for our Kupuna, whether it's volunteers who want to help or you know financial support donations. So. You can go to our kupuna.com, O U R kupuna, K U P U N A.com. Um, but yeah, that's probably the best way to kind of help and support and reach out. Yeah. Nice. Thank, Thank you, you so again. much. Yeah, that was so, yeah, that was very like eye opening and very good. And I know a lot of the viewers will really resonate with that so thank you for sharing hey, your story real quick hey kudos to you guys man you guys this podcast uncut <laughs> hey right on i mean it's one of those things you know like just do it just you know it. we had been we talking about, about it, it. Yep. it's like we just take the first step and see what happens and now we're on season two you're, and gonna, you're gonna make mistakes you can figure it out yep. right but then hey you guys are gonna get better so um i love it because what you guys are doing you similar to right you guys are sharing local stories mm -hmm. and um hopefully you know a lot of a lot of resources for other people to to follow so yeah awesome appreciate all that about the high vibes yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, just keep, sharing those and stories. And learning and mm-hmm. keep it going. Keep it going. Keep yeah. it up, guys. Awesome. All right, thank, thank you. Thank you so much.